Hello, queens and kings. It's your girl, Queen Sassy Shoemake, your chocolate drop of truth. And this is the Golden Conversation. And this is season six. And I'm starting season six with a good friend of mine. I don't know. Do I supposed to call you by your mid last name or still call you Nola? You probably know what's still. You started recording on Zoom? Yeah, I started recording. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully I did it right. I don't, I don't see no recording. Did I do it now? Yeah, you just did. Okay, good. So, she recently got married, um, but I'm not going to mess up her last name because I don't want to be disrespectful, but this is my good Nola friend. Taylor. Oh, she wants me to call her Nola, Nola Taylor. Um, <laughs> she recently got married. She's a good friend of mine. We've been knowing each other since middle school, um, and she's a phenomenal woman. She is a professional basketball player. She also is a coach. I don't know if you want me to say what school you coach for. Um, she coaches for a, a high school. Uh, we also work together through OUSD. And she's now going to be on my show with me today. So I'm super excited. And today's topic is, let me make sure I have it correctly. Stop surviving and start thriving. Um, before I get into it, I was the how I got this topic is I was watching a little clip, you know, how Instagram, Facebook, you scrolling, and I seen this lady and she was doing an interview and she was just like, I got tired of surviving and I want to start thriving. I was just like, Well, baby, that hit me in my chest. I was just like, Yes, I want to do that. And so before I started, I had sent a lot of my close friends topics, and I wanted to know why did this topic stood out to you the most? I mean, all of them did. I was like, heck, if we wanted to talk about all of them in one sitting, we could have. Like, you know what I'm yes. saying? But um, I said that one for sure because when I say our generation, meaning um, – 38 maybe 38 up until about 30 yeah a lot of us are just surviving and not thriving like we're not we're not taking accountability of wanting to start thriving we keep putting excuses on everybody else instead of us like it's like when are we going to do better as a unit not even just as a unit as a person because when you keep when you keep being in the place of putting the blame on everybody else and you know you can move forward. Yeah. It's the thing that we talk about, generational curses. Yes. You keep bringing it on, you bring it on. So, and we have a lot of friends that we came up with that are that have kids, had kids coming right out of high school. Yeah. Starting to have kids now, they're in middle school, elementary school, like getting to the age to where that's the time we should be learning accountability. And they yeah. can't take account. If, they can't, if, if the kids aren't learning accountability, it's because they're not learning from home. Because those, their adults are not taking accountability. So when, so I agree with you 100% on that because it's, it, it is an unhealthy cycle when it's like, when do you stop to realize that you're in a, a pattern? Like we always say, oh, we don't want to be like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. We love our parents to death. Right. We love whoever your guardian was, whoever raised you. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to knock for what they did for us. But it's like they did that for us to have a better life. So why are we continuing the same cycle of like what they did? When, 
like and that's what i feel like um what happened to a lot of just women i'm just gonna talk about women because i can't i can't talk from a male perspective but i feel like for me growing up i seen my mother struggle i seen her you know having working uh doing child care and working for OUSD and like you know babysitting on the side you know selling this and this, you know all these different things to make all sure that yeah all, all these different hustles to make sure ends meet and i know and people always be like why don't you have a car yet and you know this and this like my mama didn't have a car and she did with four girls so it's just like to me it's like i seen how my mother struggled that's why i didn't want to take that path so the way I live my lifestyle is it's intentional. It's it's I'm doing it for a reason. Like don't get me wrong, having a car will it make it a little bit easier? Yes. <laughs> yes, but it it's like it's like I don't want to be because if I say if I do get a car, then I'm really gonna be surviving. Like I'm gonna be like on a money hungry like little thing where I gotta I gotta find a job here, I gotta do this here to make sure I gotta pay my car note and pay this and pay that. And it's just like I feel like surviving mode is like being um being anxious all the time. And it's like fight or flight mode, fight or flight mode. Yeah, and it's just, and I feel like it's connected to hustling. Like, don't get me wrong, hustling is, you know, I'm not knocking it, but it's just like, for how long are you going to have that type of mindset to the point where it's just like you're passing it on to your kids? It's like, when are you going to break that unhealthy cycle? And I just like, and I didn't, it's sad to say this, but I didn't realize that I was like surviving. Until like, shit, mid, uh, mid thirties, early, you know, early thirties, late twenties. Once we start working together, once we start working together. Yeah. So that was like, was we so was we still in our like I thought we say we was in our late twenties or early thirties. We was in our early thirties. But it's just like we just hit thirty, and it was just like, wow, like, how do we get to this place, and how do we get out of that place? of thriving to to the point of where we're thriving and you know and, and and it just depends on as the background is how you came up and then also yeah. just like what what path did you decide you wanted to go down of? we're both college graduates yes we're both college graduates. and you about to get your master's <laughs> so and then you know we're gonna talk about that too mm-hmm. so um with us getting our masters, our masters, our bachelors, mm-hmm. we still had to hustle. You know yeah, what I'm we still had to hustle because as that time as we came out, you know, when we came out of high school, all right, high school diploma was a thing, but then they start adding it. You need to have your bachelor's or your AA. So we did that exactly. Did that. And by the time you get your bachelor's, that's not good enough either. So yeah, so um. And me and you both, because I I even put you on with some of them. Yeah. Um, we was we were doing we were nannying. Yep. Together. We yeah, we were nannying. So whatever days I couldn't do, I'm like, hey, you know, Miss You make it do them. Yeah. Not a problem. If y'all willing to work with her, that's great. But then it's just like you know when you start working with these people and helping these people raise their kids, it's just like. You know when okay. it's crazy you say that because it's just like <laughs> this topic, right? We talk about surviving and thriving, and I'm thinking to myself, I work with so many kids, and I love working with kids, 
And then, you know, we both at the time, we don't have kids at the moment, but I know we both want kids eventually when the time is right. And I would think to myself, like, am I using all my, my, my patience, my passion? Uh, Yeah. Like, am I like, cause it's like, when is my time to have one? Like, am I going to still have that, that energy that I'm putting into other people's kids Mm -hmm. for my own kids when it's my time? Like, I don't, I, by the time I have kids, I want to be thriving to the point where I can still pour into them. Exactly. Yes. And that's, and that's all I'm getting to. So we're helping raise other people's kids, which is not a problem because it takes yeah. a community. Yes. It takes, it, excuse me, it takes a village to raise a child. I've always been a stronghold of that, you know, because I had a village growing up. You had a village. We all had village. Yeah. And we're both OUSD kids because our parents work for OUSD. Yeah. So everybody in OUSD had our, their hands on this. Exactly. From elementary school all the way to high school, even poured into us while we was in college. So yeah. people had their hands on us, but their kids were our age at the time. As we know, our generation isn't having kids as much as they should. Yeah. And let me not say as they should. Let me not say as they should. As is desired, as the world sees that, you know, you're supposed to have kids, we're not doing it because we're all in survivor mode. We're all in survivor mode. So my point was, you know, we're helping raise all these other people's kids. And I had to sit back like, all right, I got my bachelor's. I'm stepping in to get my master's. So, all right, boom. I stayed a paraeducator. I was a paraeducator from 2014 up until just this summer. Are we a year apart? Because I, I started in 2015. Yeah, so I started in 14. And when starting, I had a, I had a plan like, all right, I'm only going to do this job for so long and then I'm going to move to the next one. Because when I started as a para, I didn't have my degree yet. Mm. I worked on my degree when I came back from overseas. So when I came back from overseas, I was like, all right, I'm looking at my paychecks and I'm like. Explain why you was overseas. Explain why you was overseas. Um, um, <laughs> I got an opportunity to play overseas after college. Um, an agent seen my tape was like, hey, you know, you want to play? So I was like, yeah. So I spent five and a half years overseas. I was in Ukraine, Romania. I did Turkey for two years. I did my That's my friend. <laughs> and then I did Puerto Rico. And then in the um, summer times, I did like, you know, I got into a little usual rec leagues the last two summers here recently. Mm-hmm. I played um, W, um, I'm trying to say it right. WPBA. I didn't want to get, say the old name, but it's WPBA. Oh, okay. It's for Bay Area. Um, the area of women who still who have the, uh, the desire to hoop and want to go play overseas. I was playing just to stay in shape. Um, as we're talking about this surviving and thriving, mm-hmm. in that time I was surviving because I was dealing with grief and then trying to figure out how I was going to make a transition change in career. So it was a whole bunch of stuff. And basketball has always been my outlet, my thriving point, my mm-hmm. thriving point. As I tell my therapist, that's my other part of therapy. Girl, me too. I'm back in my therapy (laughs) sessions too. Black girls do therapy and it's amazing. Just want to say that. Mm. No, definitely. So um, that's where I felt like I was striving at. Like, you know, keep playing basketball. I can, you know, have these healthy outlets and not be out here trying to figure out what my next hustle is going to be. Exactly. So um, as the time wind down, as I was um, last year, I looked at my check and I seen that I maxed out at, at, at where I could as a pair. As me being a pair, I'm still watching kids. I'm still going to go braid people hair. I'm doing this little odd in, this little odd in. And it was just like, I'm burnt out. 
Like, I don't want to burn, I'm too young to be burning myself out. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of peers that have passed away due to stress, heart, like, you know, just things that shouldn't be on them because they're surviving instead of thriving. Not saying that they wasn't thriving, but the the amount of stress that got them to into survivor mode and then their body couldn't take it. So me thinking about in the long run is just like, all right, get on OUSD and look for the next job. I feel you because our girl, they, they at my school, they be like, how do you do it? Because I work 830 to 3, then I do 3 to 6 with the after school program. So I'm basically with kids from 830 to 6. And they're like, how do you do it? I say, to be honest with you, I have to do it. And secondly, if it wasn't for kids, I probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> like something about working with kids gives you a certain type of energy because it's like a, it's benefits when you're working with kids, especially if you come in with a genuine, like coming from a genuine place. Like, Mm -hmm. because I feel like I, I always, I'm I'm sorry. I love what I do. I do. I, I I honestly want to be that person. Like what one of my favorite rappers, Tupac says, like, I want to be that person that sparks the flame in a child that changed the world. Like, I want to be like, oh, I remember Miss Shoemate. She was the one that told me to believe in myself. Or she's the one that gave me those prep talks. She's the one that believed in me when I was going through. I want to be that person. And when they get famous, they better bring my ass on that stage. <laughs> better bring me on that stage. But it's just like, but it's just like, but it, it gets you to a point where it's just like, you have like as black women we are really just amazing people that take on so much like we're just explaining just our workload of just our everyday not adding our personal um experiences and what we both experience um passing of loved ones so it's like how do you and I'm, I'm probably gonna answer the question too but how do you um, push through the survival and thrive and grieve at the same time. Cause it's like, you want to, you want to, cause from what I'm learning is and in, in my past podcast, when I talk about grief, like grief is now a part of your lifestyle because every day, you know, your normal routine of if you used to call that person, hang out with that person, different little things, like little things contribute. I mean, you could be in the grocery store and see an apple and be like, oh man, that was my such such favorite cut. You know what I mean? It's like different things. So now I know that we're both on this 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 point in our lives where we're we're grieving and we're moving out of that surviving mode and into the thriving mode, but also trying to thrive but still not get so caught up in our loss. But it's not really even a loss. They're transition. So it's like, how do you find that balance to be thriving and you're still grieving? Girl, it depends on the day. Because, um, you know, I, I had a few people that died back to back, like literally back to back to back to back. I remember that. And it was even before the pandemic. So it was just like not taking hits, but like taking like taking some. Not taking a loss, but taking a loss as a person that 
I value dearly in my life that I invested that time in with that person because, you know, we always talk about relationships or relationships. Yeah. But I built a relationship with these people. You know what I'm saying? I built a relationship with these people. So it's like people don't talk about it. When you, when you, when friends, when you and friends, like not passing away, but if you know, you invest the time in somebody for 20 something years as a friend. Yeah. And as we said, we was just talking before we start recording, and yeah. a man messed that up. It's like you got to grieve. You ain't even gonna grieve over that dude. You grieving over the friendship. friendship. Yep. The grieving over the friendship. So I've learned that in this time, and you know, as of growing up with different life experiences, you start grieving friends, and you don't realize you're grieving them until like you sit down one day. Literally, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just keep it a buck with you. Maybe. And this is, okay, so in the process of me getting married, if anybody knows me, I don't get excited until it's there. Because things can go left real quick. When I say things, not saying that we weren't going to get married, like things can go left, like something can happen, somebody can get sick, um, then you may not be available. Like, some, like life happens. Yeah, life, life comes. It has twists and so, turns that we don't know about. Right, so as you're getting ready for the experience, and you're just like, ain't thinking about it, ain't thinking about it. And then once you get in that moment, it's like, what? Like, you have a mind, a, a, a thought of, like, already in your mind, you already know these people are going to be there. Yeah. So the day I'm my wedding, I'm sitting up there like, damn, Tashiba and I are here. My sister ain't here. Jimmy ain't here. Like, I'm thinking of all these people that I invested that time with. And it's like they not. And you had these kind like you had these kind like before you was even married as friends. You always be like, girl, when I get married, I'm gonna be X, Y, and Z, and you gonna be right. this and this and that. And then for that time and that moment to actually come, and unfortunately they couldn't physically be there with us. But I know their spirit was with because baby, that was beautiful. Your wedding was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, black girl magic, black king, black queen in the building, looking all beautiful. Trust me, their spirit was there. So if it was just like, you know, one of the moments, and it's just like, all right, you got to get past, like, you ain't going to get past it, you going to have your day. You it's like you have to past. adjust. You have to, mm -hmm. it's the, my, my cue, my, 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 my cue word for helping me get through it. Um, Cause you know uh, the passing of my cousin and my mother is I it's adjusting. It's mm -hmm. it's like that is what's been helping me is adjusting to the change, and then uh, just allowing myself to have that moment when the moment happens. Like I don't, I feel like people who fight it is stuck in survival mode. Oh look how God works when people are fighting it. You're stuck in that survival mode. You feel like you have to put up this persona of like, I got to be strong. 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 And that builds up, like how you were saying earlier, that builds up so much stress and tension in the body that creates other health issues that you were mentioning before. And so it's just like, I feel like the most important thing is to adjust to the change and embrace those moments when it happen and don't fight it that's part of the thriving embracing the moments when they come and and um my wedding day was one of them and just here recently just like 
Um, Tashiba really was like, Tashiba was like my balance, my my friend that balanced me in life. Mm-hmm. Because if anybody knows me, I could come off a little rough around the edges, a little, you know. Like, it's the Virgo in us. We're just bluntly honest. Like, yeah, like bluntly honest and, and I can cuss. <laughs> yeah, you can cuss. I don't care. Okay. You know, I, I'm Muslim, but then also I'm still me. I got to still be me. And when I say them, that's all I want. That's all I want you to be I yourself. Be, I can be a bitch as well, too. And I know I can be that. And my friends and my true friends can recognize, like, you know, I have that in me. But yeah. it's just like, either I'm going to be this way with you or I'm not. And she was a friend that balanced it. Like, yeah. she made me soft. Like, like in moments where it's like, I want to go in on her, but I can't. So I'm just like, I, I got to find another way to talk to her. And then yeah. I'm sitting in the corner crying because she not understanding where I'm coming from. And she's just like, whatever, like, <laughs> she'll get over it. And I'm just like, no, you'll get over it. Because when I let you have it, once I calm down, then you're just going to, then you're going to get on the phone calling the feet. Girl, no, look, just me out again. I don't know what's wrong with you. No. Like, you know, just like not knowing yeah. what the conversation is because their conversation is their conversation. My conversation is my conversation with her. So it's just like, having those moments so this within itself missing that type of that moment within itself and and i've been finding myself just like when i get like i journal i journal i work out i do all these things um i do a lot of reading listen to a lot of podcasts yeah me too and yeah me too i get moments where it's just like i need to pick up the phone and call to sheba but i can't because i need i need her to bring me i need her to not Hey, I'll be done in the second. Okay. <laughs> that mom. No, uh, that oh. was uh, my cousin. Oh, um, okay. Uh, Hello, cuz. The, the moments that I need her to bring me back and balance it, like mm-hmm. keep me from jumping over that ledge. Because when I jump over that ledge, baby, it's going to take a minute to pull me back up. So she was always the person to keep me on the ledge. So it's just like, all right, mama. got to work yourself through this. Because if you don't, you're going to be out here surviving again instead of thriving. And you're going to be having these battles with yourself that you know you shouldn't be having. Exactly. Let's let's use these tools that you've learned to put them in action. And what would Toshiba do? Like, that's what I ask myself when I say, what would Toshiba do? Because Toshiba would just be like, or whatever, most days. But then also, I have to really think logically because I just can't do that because of the person I am. So, um, I found myself the other night sitting in this room. I was losing it because someone going the way that I needed it to. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a very, I, I'm a person that communicates very well and very clear. Like, yeah. And when it doesn't, not, not, I mean, because it's going to sound like it's controlling, but it's not. But when it, when I'm communicating certain things and it's just like on some forget you type stuff, yeah. then I get aggravated because now if I do it to you, you're going to think I don't care. I wasn't paying attention or anything. But when you do it to me, you think it's okay. So I was sitting here and I'm just like, all right, well, Tashiba said, because I know Tashiba did this to me and, and I would have to go in the corner and fuss somewhere, but she would have been able to talk me back on the edge to have this conversation with her. So, okay. So I sat there and I just cried. <laughs> and like, sometimes we just need to do that. Like those moments, like, girl, I catch myself. Because me and my mama used to watch a bunch of Netflix shows, a bunch of other TV shows. When I get irritated at work, I used to be like, mama, let me tell you about this goddamn teacher. Let me tell you about this. So I, I get how you feel when those moments come, that person that 
that balance you out. Because usually on Thanksgiving, like, I usually be like, fuck it. They ain't fucking with me and my mama. Oh, shit. It's going to be me and my motherfucking mama this year. But this is my first Thanksgiving without my mama. So I had, like, I allowed myself to have the moment in the morning. And then I know my mom would be like, okay, prep yourself up. Listen to some music. Have some good food. Uh, she'd be like, did you have yourself a gummy today? <laughs> and, you know, I fix my food, have my gummy, and I just vibe in my place. And sometimes, because I had, when I had my therapy session, I, I, I talked about, like, you know, missing that moment. Because I was, I, I was having a moment where I was just like, I kept playing the moment that happened when I found out my mom passed. And, and I wasn't, moment, same thing and it too. wasn't, and moment. I wasn't playing it like, oh my God, I'm in denial. I was playing it to remind myself, this is my new reality. Like, this is real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't doing it to, to have like a pity party or, you know, wasn't like that. It was just like, I, I sometimes have to remind myself of that moment so I can, remind myself this is a reality this is my new reality my mother is not physically here anymore my cousin is not physically here no more but their spirit is consistently around me so i have my moments when i just motherfucking cry like i'd be like <laughs> and then i'd be like how i want somebody to come hold my titties and rub my booty right now <laughs> But I just like I let but I let myself have those moments and I'm very grateful for my therapist because I, I sometimes I don't want to be around a lot of people. Like it's not like I'm isolating myself in a way where like I don't go out or but hang out but with that's, but that's how I've been lately too. I've been just like on some like I I'm like I don't wanna bring like and I don't have bad energy. It's not no bad energy. Yeah, it's not. It, but it, it's it would just like I don't want to deal with other people's BS. Yes, yes. And when my therapist was telling me, I was telling her, and I was like, you know, I, I don't want to go to the family event. I just want to be to myself, you know. And I, I reached out to the people that that understands my situation and understand me. And she like she made me feel okay because she was just like. It's nothing wrong with that. It just sounds like you're setting boundaries, healthy boundaries to protect your peace. And some people don't understand that when you protecting your peace, you have to let go of certain things. You take breaks from certain things um, and you keep to yourself, not in a way where I'm like, oh my God, I'm in my house. I'm just depressed and I'm not doing nothing. Not like that. Sometimes we have to have those moments for ourselves because in the line of work that we do, we give so much to people every day. Yeah, we give, and, and it's rare that we get enough back. Exactly. So, so when I need that time to myself, I need my time to myself. My therapist said the same thing as well, too. And she says when we have those second mind, like, you know, we second guess ourselves, mm -hmm. she said that's a form of PTSD. Oh, interesting. Explain more. So when she said PTSD, because you've been so used to giving in to people, giving in to people, mm -hmm. like you're just like on some, like you're afraid. Like, you know, when you jump, like yeah. when somebody wants you something, you jump. She was like, that's that's what our pretty much our reaction is. Oh. So she was like, it's good that you're setting these boundaries because people have to respect your boundaries now. You let you know what your boundaries are. So people have to respect them. Yes. That's just like in the... um. The book that I had recently read, it was it was about setting boundaries. I did a podcast about it, but it was it's called setting boundaries to guide to guide you to your peace. And basically, one of the parts in the um 
in the book it says boundaries are yes but it's not i don't got the workbook i got the uh the book yeah but that book no look yes girl we've been on the same page look look at the god work but she was that's that's us wanting to thrive yes yes a lot of us don't realize how we need to really set boundaries with people because we haven't had to it's always been the okay i'll go ahead and do it and then we're the ones suffering exactly we're the exactly. Suffering. So yeah, but 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 that's what I was saying. Well, yeah, but look at but the boundaries. What she said was just like you can't. It, boundaries doesn't come with common sense. Boundaries is teaching people how you want to be treated, and if you're not willing to set those boundaries with people, then you're always going to have your cup run it like your cup is always going to be empty, and it's never going to be full, and you're always going to be stuck dry. And you always going to be miserable because you're allowing other people to treat you how they want you, how they want to treat you instead of you setting boundaries saying like, hey, hold on. That's that's not me. This is me. If you're going to respect it, if no, you're not. That was, but this is the new, not not to say the new me, the 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 maturing you. Yes. Can't say, can't say new because it's always been you. It's just the boundaries that are hard to set. So this is the this is me setting the boundaries and this is me moving forward. Either you can respect it or go about your business. Because mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> and, you know, and another thing is, too, I had been, you know, realizing, like, you know, I, uh, you know, we talk about surviving and thriving. Um, not knocking anybody. It's just, you know, I know what my family history is. With yeah. Certain, you know, drugs and alcohol and a lot of them was using this to survive. And then once they start, they stopped. They started thriving because mm-hmm. they stopped spending all that money on stuff they weren't supposed to. Exactly. So with me, I used to be turn up queen. I ain't even going to cap on you. Like, <laughs> I bring the party girl, and everything was up. Like, I was more of the party girl. I was ready to twerk, shake. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it got to a point to where it's like, all right. And this was in the pandemic. All right, now look, you're sitting down in your thoughts. What do you need to do to stop surviving? Like you need to thrive. Like you need to start thriving. You need to start stop. You need to end relationships with people that's pulling you back and that's pushing you forward. You better so, say it, Nola. When I, when I say that, people thought I started acting funny. It's like no, like what was I getting? Like I wasn't getting nothing out of this relationship. Not not saying like if it was a relationship with a guy or whatever, like just a relationship. Just relationships you know, anyway. It can be with it can be family members, close mm-hmm. friends, whoever, work coworkers, whoever it may be. It, yes. it, it it's the whole thing because and it's like it, what am I getting out of this? Exactly. It's, it's it's more of like I'm pouring into it, but what are you pouring into me? And it's just like I would say, like I started this podcast during the pandemic because I was just like, I have so much. I, I love to conversate. I love to inspire. I love to uplift, and I love supporting my people the best way I can. And when I say my people, I do mean black people and my Latinos. <laughs> okay, my my blacks and my Latinos. Okay, but anyway, I I. I noticed that I, I things that I enjoy, other people didn't enjoy doing. Or I was on this healing journey before. I'm gonna be real. I was on this healing journey before everybody was positive energy, crystals and stones. You know, you know, you know what? Okay, so and that's crazy because everybody knows when they want to start doing that, and then you never know that's what you're doing until you're doing it. 
Exactly. Because some people, because some, it's always people, I'm going to wait until the new year to do it. Why are you going to wait until the new year to do it? Why don't you just start now? Exactly. Make, make it make sense. So, within me saying that, I stopped. I, you know, I wasn't turning up as much. I became a social drinker um, and a social smoker. And then it got to a point to where it was just like, all right, I'll have everything if that's what y'all want to do, but I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not knocking y'all. Y'all can do whatever it is you want to. You got it. And then a lot of people, some people recognize it, but not a lot of people recognize it. Mm. Like, certain people start recognizing like, oh, so she ain't drinking, so... Okay, so when it when I uh, converted, that was like, dang, you just went cold turkey like that. I was like, no, I was doing that way before, way before. Were you not paying attention? I was on like uh, before Tashiba passed. I I couldn't, I couldn't. I had to start. I was already healing in that process. Yeah, and starting to get myself prepared for the grief that I. Was I know. Well, we we was because remember we uh before it. Before it got to that point of Toshiba, yes. we had many conversations about it and about adjusting, especially with my mom being my mom's caregiver. So we had mm-hmm. a lot of conversations about it. It wasn't like, I mean, when 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 it happened, it, it was like, it was. It's crazy you say that when you say it's a change because that year I started the podcast, and then that following year. I had stopped being my mom's caregiver, and that was the hardest. I mean, Nola, that was I the hardest because that was that boundaries thing. It, that it boundary because it was just like I was surviving because I was just like, "That's my mom. That's my mom. That's my mom. I gotta do this for my mom. I gotta do this for my mom. I gotta do this." Like my whole schedule was set around my mom, and it got yeah. to the point where I was just like, my sisters and close friends were just like. I know you love your mom, but you have to start doing for yourself. And I'm so happy that I was able to let go and still be there for my mother, but put myself first now because it's when you have loved ones that I don't want to say it like that, but you know that their health is declining. It's like. You want to do as much as you can for them. You'd rather do it than somebody else do it because you know you're going to do that. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I had to learn that you'll get so lost in supporting them that you forget to put well, yourself. Right. Yeah, and you, you forget to put yourself first. So I think I really probably started really getting out of that survivor mode when I made that when I made that uh decision because yeah. oh, me and you were in the same place yes we were in the same place. yes literally the same place with you know helping always doing this and not taking time for ourselves because we was out there grinding we have to stop our grind and go do something else like you know certain, certain things so i 125 percent know what you're talking about because it was it was hard because it's like sometimes it's like all right i can't just jump up and do it now because they got to learn how to do it without me because i'm not going to be living here come next year Come next year in the summer, it's gonna be a like it's gonna be a, a reality change for them, and they're not gonna. It's gonna when it hits them, they're gonna be like, "That's why she was telling us to do this. That's why she was telling us to do that." Like on some getting you prepared, and that's and when I went and, and it's getting prepared. And my mom, when I told her I wasn't gonna be it, she already knew. I thought I was so scared to tell my mom at the time, Nola. I was like, "Oh my!" But one thing I can't say, you and your mama had an amazing and a beautiful relationship. Like, you know, when we was teens, we gave my mama's hell. Like, <laughs> hell. But as grown women, we 
women. Yeah. Like it, it was a it's a beautiful relationship. And I would say I can't say I would say I, before, I, 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 hold on, let me say this. I think this uh, one thing I want to say about our parents that I know I don't personally know your mom all the way, but I would say that our moms are in the same generation, and right. I feel like they had more of a strict background, which allowed us to be more of a free spirit to do and be more adventurous. And I think that was a slight break for them from like from surviving and allowing their kids to explore, thrive. Yeah, thrive and explore. And then it seems like as we became adults, we converted back to how our parents was when we were getting raised. And now that we notice that pattern is like, hold up now. My parents went through that. They personally went through that or did that so we wouldn't go through it. So it's just like, I don't want to repeat that cycle. Right, right. No, definitely. And it was, um, as I, you know, I was sitting here, I sit here and talk about it. Um, when me and my husband first started talking, we talked about um, I would post little things. We'd be sitting up there, you know, we'd be chatting about it. Like, it'd be like an essential conversation. And, you know, we all come from poverty. Yeah. So when when the intentional conversation came, and look, and I'm talking about him, and he's calling me right oh. now. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say, we can end it soon, and, you know, if you got to. Oh. Okay. No, you can wait. Um, with uh, us having an intentional conversation, we talked about these things. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, I know you be out there hustling. Like, you know, how long do you see yourself doing this? Because his mom worked, worked, and she'll say, the one thing y'all gonna do is y'all gonna work. And I said, you know, I'm starting to cut down on those things as, you know, as so I can be used to, you know, being present. Getting the lay of the land. And because once I have kids, I want to be present. Yeah. I want to be present. I don't want nobody else raising my child. Not knocking people who have to have men. Yeah, but I get I, I get what you're saying. You want to yeah. you want to be there. You don't want to be like I I hear so many different stories of like parents who oh I miss my kids' soccer game or I miss my kids' baseball game or I miss my kids' recital or my daughter's dance competition because they are are you know working or they had to take this shift or this different things to provide for their child and the reality is is like they go into therapy and then they bring that incident up and then the kid be like all i wanted you to do is to be there so it's just like breaking that cycle of finding that balance of doing what's needed to be done and when it's time for me to be a parent be present with my child because I want to be able, my I want my I want my child to be able to say, your mom was there, PTA, plays, you know, all that stuff. Because as we're, like I said, as we're having these intentional dialogues, mm -hmm. being that we're both first, we're, we're both first generation Muslim. I, I used to, I was before I was Muslim, I was Christian. Mm -hmm. Before he was Muslim, he was Catholic. Oh, okay. So we are gonna follow the Sunnah, like you know, follow everything. Uh, on on bringing a child up, but then also have our own culture, you know, stuff, things that we can bring into our own, yeah. like, you know, we're going to be our own culture, we're going to be starting our own traditions and all that stuff so that can happen, so it's not like Breaking the generational like, curse and starting yeah, with a fresh, like, fresh soil. Fresh I always, yeah, I like to do soil. stuff yeah. with 
with plants and flowers and trees. You're, yeah. you're starting yeah. a new start with a fresh soil. Yeah, a new foundation. So we're starting with a new foundation. So we're having those talks. So he's just like, you know, um, it's up to you. You know, you don't really have to work if you don't want to. It's up to you. But if you don't work, um, we'll live in a, it'll be a certain lifestyle that we live and everything like that. And I was like, me being a person, I am like, no, I can't, like, that's not me because growing up, I watched my mother work. Like, my mom and dad was moving as a unit. Like, they moved as a unit. It wasn't just all on him. Because mm-hmm. as we talk about it, we talk, as I talk about it, growing up, I didn't have my grandparents because my grandparents, for their own health reasons, and then always, you know, everybody, you know, surviving. Yeah. Most of the surviving stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, so no, like, why would I put all that pressure on you if I can get up and do something as well, too? I was like, no generation, not, not generation, no gender roles. We both, yeah. we're both capable of doing it. We're both going to be able to do it. If, if there's, um, if we got to switch weeks or every other day, you cook every three days and do this. The only thing I said, I'm not taking trash out. I hate taking trash out. That's the only thing. I, I'll do everything else as long as I ain't got to touch the trash. Girl, I and hate I'm doing laundry, Lord. Jesus. <laughs> no, I have no problem with doing laundry because as long as I, 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 I put it in the machine, but putting up the laundry, Lord, Jesus. That's too much work. Right here, I got to fold. But, you know, we have these intentional dialogues, so we're not bringing our children, our future children, inshallah, up in these same patterns to where they don't see us. To where if we both work the way that we're supposed to work to support the lifestyle that we want with the the... Um, amount of children we plan on having, inshallah, then it shouldn't be as bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Bad. Like, no, look, to- this just popped in my head uh, as I'm like listening to you talk about um, your husband and y'all having this conversation. It just made me think back to what you were saying earlier. I feel like a lot of these relationships today, and is that these relationships are just surviving. They're not they're, thriving. They're, they're not thriving place. because it's just like you get these people that's in surviving survival relationships because they get caught up in the materialistic things. They get caught up in the money. They get caught up in the glamour and the uh, the microwavable relationship. And I feel like it is beauty in you having that conversation with your husband and I believe you probably had these conversations before y'all was even married and I feel like a lot and that to me is a a seed of thriving to a a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage and I feel like a lot of a lot of times people hop into uh these survival relationships and and not even you know they get caught up with the fantasy and they don't even have those type of deep conversations that you and your husband have to to have a, a thriving relationship. So when y'all do have kids, that that foundation is there. Like even if to say you know plans don't go exactly how it is, but still y'all have a a solid plan, a foundation where I feel like a lot of people in our our time era, our, our our genre, or whatever you call it, generation, it's like they miss having that conversation, and they just get into like these unhealthy psycho relationships, and then they wonder why they're they're like that, where they don't never take the step back of like when you're thriving, you're learning how to take accountability, 
If you're surviving, you're not taking accountability. You just keep moving and 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 wonder why you be in different situations, but with the different situations, but getting the same results because you're doing the same thing and, and you're not, you're not taking accountability for your actions. You're not sitting back and be like, okay, I did this and this didn't work. What it, what is it about what I need to work on myself? Like it's like people always like to point point the victim. I feel like when you're in survival, you, you always point the victim. You're doing this, you're doing that. You're not really, um, uh, you're not uh, in. A, you're not able to adjust. You're not flexible. You're not like willing to listen to hear what needs what you need to hear to make them steps in that progress. It just I don't know. It just popped in my head. I hope hopefully that makes sense. No, it did. No, because that's what it definitely was. Because I know past past uh, experiences, I've had. I was listening for a long time, and it was just like I knew I needed to have do a lot of work, and I started to do that work. But it's just like, all right, I'm doing this work, and I see I'm not outgrowing this relationship, and you're not moving in the same way that I am, and it's starting to become envious. So it's just like, all right. Maybe I should step away from it because as I'm going through that process and that journey, I'm starting to open up about things like letting you know, like, you know, hey, I'm working on this. This is why I've always not always. This is how I have presented. And this is why. And I'm working on this, you know, working through these things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like when you work on them and you're working on them and then you just got somebody constantly not saying slamming you, but not trying to be in that same they're not trying to build in the same direction you're going yes and it's just like all right it's not going anywhere so i need to step back reevaluate and dissipate same thing with friendships step back reevaluate let it go you ain't i know about reevaluating and stepping back for sure i did a lot of it i did a lot of it and um and it's just like you know just like i said as I started to evaluate, you know, evaluate myself, how I see myself later on in life, mm-hmm. the things that I knew I didn't want to raise my kids up around. Yeah. Uh, I've always been big on, you know, even when I was turning up, I didn't do that in front of my nieces and nephews. Like, that's something I didn't do because they're not going to go to school and say, oh, my auntie do that. Yeah, I see my auntie do Like, I, that's not going to be a conversation. Yeah, well, you know us. I'm about to say, you know us working with kids. We get, them kids do not have no filter. They don't, but then you know when we grow up and we see it be like, oh yeah, my auntie was doing it this weekend. Oh, I know what they was doing this weekend. Like you know, one of those things, and it's like we shouldn't, like kids shouldn't be kind, like that shouldn't be their introductory to things like that. I mean, of course, parents are gonna talk about it. Yeah, but it's just like no, because that is gonna show me that I was surviving, not thriving. Like I was like at my worst if I was doing it. Like and it's like no, like because now these kids are gonna depend on that. They're gonna think that's cool. Like oh, they did that. It's 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 bad because it's uh, it's it's teaching unhealthy coping method. Yes. So it's just like I just use an example of alcohol because alcohol is universal. That shit is in everybody's family. It's like mm-hmm. as a kid, if you see your parents when they sad, they drinking, and uh, when they upset, they drinking, when they celebrating, they drinking. They, you when know, sad, drinking, like you know, that. every time if you constantly seeing that and then as an adult, you doing the same thing because you thinking that's the only way to celebrate life or to cope with 
different issues and it's just like and then it's sad and you, you wait until you're in your late 20s or your 30s and then you start to realize that's not quite how it works yep and and and, and just like i tell the kids all the time i'm like i get that you guys are stressed but then there's some things like that's not that's you're in survivor mode like you're not gonna get nowhere being in survivor mode like you gotta look you're looking at the you're looking at the picture half full instead of looking at it full Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to, to. I, I'm telling you this because I've already been through it. Exactly. Like, ain't nobody gonna keep it a buck with you like this. And I'm telling you this because when we was coming up, we didn't have adults really breaking this stuff down to us. Why? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, yeah. or even relatable. And I, and I was telling them, I'm more relatable than the other teacher that you got in your classroom at least i'm gonna put you to the side and let you know why i'm being hard on you they just be i know the type of like i know you're you're out here really in survivor mode you're in fight or flight mode like i get it but it's like all right don't let them keep using that against you like what can you do instead of so when you walk in the classroom and you come in there making hella noise what the teacher gonna say to you don't come in my classroom making noise. So now you feel attacked. But you came in there disrupting the energy. Why not just go in the classroom and sit down, then evaluate what's going on and get some stuff done? You're right. You're right. Okay, so let's not have these shout matches with these adults because when it's all said and done, you're not going to win a shout match with an adult because all those adults are not going to take accountability when you're wrong. If you come in there with some act right, then it's going to make that adult have to reevaluate. I said, because all, all of us adults on this campus are not getting the help that we need for ourselves. Some of us are. So that's why we're able to pull you to the side and have these conversations. Exactly. Exactly. I'm having a conversation with you to let you know that I care and I don't want to see you. I tell them all the time, don't be, I mean, I said, not knocking it because I, I love therapy. I've been going therapy since seventh grade. Don't be trying to figure it out at 35. I have it somewhat figured it out, but I don't have it all the way figured out. Don't be, 35 and be a jerk adult like yeah be a decent human being but that's why they need people like us in the school so and and that's why i be trying to get them i was like because you're in survivor mode like i get it i live in the east i know how i i'm hearing the same thing you hearing at three o'clock in the morning i'm hearing the gunshots i'm hearing the homeless people outside i'm hearing the police run up and down the street the ambulance spot i'm hearing that i get it it's like it's you we have that that mode and then it and it's and it's also i know my thing i gotta look at it we got like about 10 more minutes before the other thing yeah. cut, cut off but it's like it's like i'm teaching kids because i like working with elementary and i know you work with high school but it's I like it i did it all yeah i know you did it all i did i did i only did high school and no, i did middle school and high school i mean in elementary i, I like my elementary but it's like we have to teach these kids accountability and teaching them to recognize their their behaviors and and teaching them um healthy coping method of mm-hmm. of knowing that okay you might have had this going on at home but you're at school now you here to learn where you where you gonna get that love you may not get the hug like I know at home you're not getting hugs. You ain't getting somebody. They talking to you crazy. Call you all type of niggas and everything like that. Stop all out. Call you all out your name. But when you come here, you're in your safe zone. Exactly. You know what adults are going to take care of you. 
to make sure that you're gonna uh my favorite student I can talk about because you you I hope you know Mashawn. Who? Mashawn he used to get into it with um the teacher, the drama teacher at United for Success. Sean. That was over there by my class uh, by where the classroom I was I at. probably know by face. Yeah, if you okay, so he would cuss her out every day. Like oh, the one day. that looked like uh Marlon Wayne's. Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember him. He is. Oh, I miss him because he used to crack me up. (laughs) He still does to this day. We talk today. So me and him have these talks all the time because he be in survivor mode. Like, for real. Because he's been through a lot. And he's loosening up. That's good. What grade is he now? 10th? In the 10th? I think he's in the 10th grade. Or he may be in the 11th. 10th or 11th. 10th grade. I want to say 10th. Yeah. But with me saying that, me and him had these talks. He'd be like, you know what, coach? You know, Miss Nola, you right. You right. But sometimes you just got to let him get it off because he'd be yeah. so in that. And he'd be like, all right, are you done? So what should you have done so you wouldn't have been in this situation? Exactly. I know. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now that we, uh, un- now we understand what we played in the part, how we gonna correct it. And that's what surviving and thriving is, is accountability and correction. Mm-hmm, Cause I, I be having, I, I bring it into the, and, and, and don't get, don't knock me. I love all kids of all ages, but I got tired of being sick. <laughs> Every time I tell somebody no, they start crying. I couldn't do that no more. I, I love, you know me, I love the, I, I love I, I love the young kids. ones. I love them. But the older kids, Lord Jesus, more power to you, Nola. I got time. That's, that's why I had to that's why I had to jump away from middle school because they went through puberty. Yeah, girl, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't do it because it's like I be ready. And plus, you know, you tall. I'm I'm about the same height as these kids. They be trying me, Nola. You know them kids be trying me. And then right. I got to get my big eyes open and had to get that tone and they be like, Oh, okay, yeah. That's Miss Shoemate. But, she ain't one but, of these kids. But in middle school, I was able to get off what I need to get off with them. Yeah. But in high school, I can really get it off because it's just yeah. like you have certain kids that be like, "Yo, you tripping?" Like she, check this out. I couldn't stand listening to her mouth either. But once I really sat and listened to what she was saying, and I start peeping stuff, it made sense. Because sometimes I'd be like, "Who raised you? Who raised you?" And they'd be like. What? I'd be like, because if your mama, if your mama's my age or older, uh huh, they got a, they got a little more sense than this. Exactly. And that was so crazy is that we go, we go to, we go to, <laughs> we go to work and we go, we, 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 we teaching, we teaching our friends. Exactly. And just like you know what I'm this podcast, they had kids coming out of high school and starting, they starting to come through now. So it's just all like. Girl, I'm working with our kids, uh, our friends, elementary kids. I'm working with a bunch of them there. So I be telling them, like, I, 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 and then when their mama's coming up there, I be like, oh, yeah, you really tripping. If this how your mama, and I be, and I be, as soon as the mama walking there, hey, I'm Coach Nola, also known as Miss Nola. You know, I do this, this, that, and the third. You know, I've been on your kid head, and I know they've been coming home telling you, like, they tired of hearing my mouth. No, keep talking. Like, I need you to keep talking. To exactly. Me. Like they need it, you know what? And it was like, you know what? Take my number if they if you feel if they doing something, just just call me. I'm like, word, and they get the call. And I'm like, mom, no, like 
Like it's like no. That's that's some act right. A dose of act right. I always I always tell them from elementary school all the way to high school. Why did your parents or your guardian send you to school? Did they send you to school to be cussing people out, acting a fool, falling out on the floor? No, they teach send me to school to learn. So that's what you need to be doing. Exactly. That's what you need to be doing. Because you're a representation of your parents. And if you acting like this and your mama come up here and see this or your daddy or whoever it is raising you, oh I know what's up. I know what's up. I said, cause my mama worked for the school district. So all they had to do was go hit a code or somebody didn't call her and say, Hey, I see your daughter doing this. And at that time, you can exactly. be like, well, jam her up. But that is, that's where it starts. It's that's where it starts. It starts in the home and it starts with, Oh, my thing is turning red. And it starts with, um, it Take at home and, the, and it takes the community to help. It sure does. So, thank you, Nola, for being on my podcast. Um, I enjoyed your company. Um, I usually, at the uh, end of my podcast, I always like to say, no regrets, just life lessons. Um, I appreciate you being on here. Uh, we talked about surviving and thriving in different areas and parts of life and relationships through grief, through our work situations, and helping our young babies get it together. And I feel yeah. like by us identifying those things of surviving and thriving, and us also not shaming away from therapy and getting that help, and that allows us to keep our cup full and overflow, which we can pour into our babies and pour into the people we love. And is there anything that you would like to share before we end this podcast y'all like when i say therapy is everything give it just just give it it takes it takes 30 days to create a habit 30 days to create a habit go to therapy i go every two weeks you can go you can get therapy done even every week every two weeks however it is you need to to work on certain tools and get these help you can do grief therapy trauma therapy you just need somebody to talk to like they have these things out here and it's and free it's that free and they, and they got it free so don't one more minute don't Nola. Feel, don't feel ashamed but just do it just do it because you need to be a better you and if you decide to bring kids in this world you need to be a better person for those kids so i i commend any and everybody who goes to therapy and i hope that people go to therapy because it is definitely needed and it's not a taboo especially in the black community these are things we need and not to stop being programmed by what our um, European counterparts think. You know, we, we need to stop feeding into that. We need to take care of ourselves and stick together and be as one. <laughs> yes. And this is the golden conversation with my host, Nola. And like I say, I say it again, um, no, no regrets, just life lessons and start uh, stop surviving and start thriving. Love y'all.